Yeah. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. Alright, welcome to Say Hello to the Bad Guy. I'm your host, Locke, and this is the podcast where we drink, smoke, and bullshit about the life of a historic criminal. Now we're talking outlaws and gangsters. We're not going to cover too many serial killers. That's just a little bit dark for me, and this ain't no true crime podcast. Honestly, you can't call this a history podcast because I'm no historian. I'm just a history fan that does some research and bullshits about it with his friends. So speaking of my friends, let me introduce you to my co-host. So first with us today, we got Tank. Ooh, just got my first sip of Boss Tweed and God damn. How's it going, everybody? When it, when it touch your lips, it's so, so good. And uh, also with us today, we got Dan. Ooh, I was just thinking about Tank drinking his Boss Tweed. <laughs> Not as good as drinking a Boss Tweed. Still pretty good, though. Yeah. Well, welcome to the show, fellas. So if we're listening to this, this is either you paid for premium content or I was really enjoying the time off and decided to add a week, add a month to it. <laughs> so one of those two things happen. Future us will know, but present us has no clue. Tank, you want to kick us off? Obviously, we know you're drinking some Boss Tweed. Yep. 9.3 Michigan made. It's one of my favorites. If you're doing premium content, you probably fucking know that already. <laughs> and if not, then uh, you better ask somebody. No, <laughs> I guess you better, ask, you better ask Tank. No, uh, it's a great beer, man. It's fucking heavy. It's strong. It's got so many different flavors. It's, it's great. The only bad thing about it is expensive as fuck. It's 16 bucks for four of them. And uh, I'm not sure how many states you can get it in except for Michigan and maybe a couple others around us. So anyways, if you get a chance, Old Nation, Boss Tweed, it's it's top-notch brew. And you know I like my beer like I like my ladies. Heavy and strong. I, I tried so hard I had nothing witty for that. <laughs> It'll come to you. Uh, Dan, what do you got to drink today? Well... I like my beer like I like my women, chocolate and nutty. So I got some sweet baby Jesus. No, uh, it's good. It's been on the show before. If this was Patreon, peek behind the curtain, we we recorded a couple episodes in a row. So this is a rollover beer. If this came out just normal content, I just cracked this unconnected to that other episode. All right. We'll go ahead and get started. And the bad guy we're covering today is Tommaso Petto. This ain't negotiation time. This is Scarface, final scene, fucking bazookas under each arm. Say hello to my little friend. So fun to say. Tommaso Petto. It's a pretty gangster-ass name. Oh, shit, the ox. Fucking A. Tommaso Petto, a.k.a. the ox. And... Not quite a spoiler alert, but uh, his nickname, the Ox, is due He's to He's not a real ox. Is due to his massive head and frame. Here I'm about 5'7", 220. Damn. Should name him the Puck. Tommaso Petto was born around 1879. Okay. And he was either born in Sicily... Or Williamsburg, Brooklyn, but either way, he grew up in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. All right. Gotcha. He was reborn there, let's say. 
his whole life growing up, he kind of just fell automatically into the gangster life. His legal job was as a suit presser. So that's how he made his living. But at night, his primary job was as an enforcer for the Morello crime family. Ah, so pressing suits by day, pressing skulls by night. So we've covered on here before the Morello crime family eventually becomes the Luciano crime family, which is now the Genovese family, which is still the largest mafia family in America. What is this Game of Thrones? It is kind of like that. Like they just have the lineage where it's been passed down. Word. But yeah, Morello, the clutch hand, he came over from Sicily. and he, he was kind of the first guy from Sicily to bring the old school traditions and that kind of stuff over to the United States. Like the the initiation rites that you have to be Sicilian, the, uh, the pomp and circumstance of it. The Morello crime family was famous for their executions, which was known as the barrel method. The barrel method, which is exactly what it sounds like, it involved cutting up their victims and stuffing them into barrels. And then they just stick the barrels all over. Like, you know, sometimes they'd like put them in barrels because you could put them on ships and then they dump them in the sea when they get out there. But sometimes they take the barrels and put them on like street corners if they wanted it to be found. Ugh. So it just depended on the situation of how they were trying to barrel murder. This is like there's just so many barrels around. It was just the common method. Like nowadays, be like, yeah, let's throw them in a barrel. Well, fuck, where are we going to get a barrel from? I wouldn't know where to start to go try and find a fucking barrel. Just throw them in an old refrigerator like normal criminals. I wonder if it's 55-gallon drums now that they just be finding people's bodies in in random fucking spots. I'm sure. The, The barrel method of 2022. Well, if that's the case, fucking Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist is where you start at, because that's where I bought mine from. For obviously not hiding bodies, though. Good cover. <laughs> of course you would say that. Way to Rain watch water your collection. Rain that's water where collection. I got all my duct tape and barrels and axes from. I mean, for normal things. Brush burning. Yeah. <laughs> so... He's their top enforcer. They're known for the barrel method. So obviously at some point he gets caught up as the primary suspect in the murder of a guy named Benedetto Madiano. Madonia. Benedetto Madonia. Easy for you to say. (laughs) His buddies just called him Detto. They're just like, fuck that shit. You're Detto, bro. (laughs) You're the last part of your first name, and that's it. We're not calling yeah. you the rest of that shit. There's too many Bens. We're going with Detto. We're going to take the end of the name. So Detto gets found in a barrel somewhere, <laughs> and, and they uh, are able to trace it back to the Ox. Uh, April 15th, 1903, they find him. Boy, well, he left both prints. I mean, I was about to say that 1903. How the fuck you get traced to anything? God damn it, Ox! What are you doing? He carved his name. The barrel said Ox was here inside. <laughs> he wrote blood arrows all the way back to his crib and shit. Yeah, they, we saw where you drugged the barrel from, buddy. The the first thing when they arrested him, the rest involved a violent fight because he attacked the police. But once they had him arrested, they did find. The ox was in possession of a pawn ticket that had been belonging to Madonia. Okay. So they're like, all right, well, 
It's question answered, motherfucker. Maybe you should have thrown this this away. You asked how they got to trace back to him. He still got the motherfucker's pawn ticket in his pocket. So he gets he gets sent to New York City Central Jail, which is known as the Tombs. So that's where he gets held over. And he's waiting on this murder charge and he's pretty much fucked. He's going to get caught up. And then one day, due to some paperwork errors, he gets accidentally released. Damn, and then lucky day. As soon as they release him, he immediately flees New York and runs in and goes into hiding. No See, it's it's like the opposite of live by the sword, die by the sword. Get arrested from paperwork, get freed from paperwork. Right. And on top of that, I mean, I would have fled, too, because he was in a place called the fucking tombs when he called it that. And I remember him showing me pictures of prisons from the early 1900s, man. They were they went from gothic castle dungeon looking shit to like these like real sterile, like new age buildings real fast around the mid part of the century and shit. But back in the early 1900s, they I'm not going to lie. If, he, if they call it the tombs, it probably looked like fucking the tombs and shit. So I would have been fleeing the fuck out of there, too, if I got off on a technicality. Way to go. Uh, and I mean, we've already made it clear. This isn't like back in the day prisons. This is super back in the day prisons. <laughs> <laughs> I do think 1903, that counts as super back in the day. I like we think prohibition is old school gangsters. This is almost still gangs in New York shit. <laughs> they're, they're still, they're still gang fighting. Cleavers. Yeah, I was just going to say axes, but yes, axes, meat cleavers, like shit like that. Whatever the fuck you got, sharp sticks, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, he bounces out. So Thomas Petto eventually reappears not long after that in Scranton, Pennsylvania, where he was living under the name Luciano Perino, and he opened up a butcher shop. So, you know, look, it's 1903. We established how long ago that is. You know, there you could just go there and be like, no, I'm Luciano Perino. What are you talking about? Yeah, butcher. Don't do that gangster <laughs> shit. Pa- prove it. Paperwork doesn't rule my life anymore. Those days are gone. <laughs> uh, so he was running a butcher shop. I've seen somewhere like he expanded into a grocer. So he's doing pretty good. And he also decides that Scranton, Pennsylvania, this seems pretty wide open. I'm going to uh, start getting involved with this local black hand gang. Start running a little bit of that on the side with my butcher shop, too. And uh, See, I love it. He's like, no, I'm going to get out of jail. I'm going to move away. I'm going to Scranton, Pennsylvania. Ain't nothing going on. I'm going to redo my life. I'm a butcher and a grocer. Nah, fuck it. I'll be a gangster again. I'm bored already. <laughs> like, I got a new identity, a successful business moving up in the world. But fuck, I got a black hand itch. And baby, <laughs> I needs to scratch it. I really think what it is at some point they think they want to go straight. So he opens this butcher shop and at some point on like day 21 of waking up and doing the same butcher shit, they're like, Oh, so you working people legitimately just do this every day. Like, no, I'm over it actually. Like that was cute. I mean, that was fun for a minute, but nah, I got to get back to enforce. Yeah. Well, I mean, for real, that's that action lifestyle. I mean, we hear about a lot with mobsters and criminals and stuff that they just go back to that life. But even on the other side of it, military people and shit, 
when they come back home, like they're bored, like they can't adjust to normal life. Once you, you've been living that life for a while, it's hard to go back to normal ass shit. And I can imagine if you're out here busting skulls, like being an enforcer for the mob. Yeah, after a while of selling cold cuts, you're like, you know what? I just want to beat somebody up. I really just want to beat them up. But if I do it, I should just take their money. In August of 1904, Luciano Perino was implicated in a kidnapping, but no charges were ever filed. Damn, this motherfucker getting lucky, huh? Well, I mean, you can't file charges based on implication. Yeah. Well, I mean, but you are also, you're now building a new record on your new, like you went and fled and now you're fucking, now you're putting up a new record on your new identity. (laughs) Luciano Perino suspected and shit. That's not even a person, dude. (laughs) This is a whole new me. This time, I'm going to be the bull. On October 21st, 1905, while on his way home from a butcher shop, the ox was shot to death in Browntown, Pennsylvania. Oh, all right. That was a quick left turn. Would you say he was butchered? (laughs) I did see a quote that said he was riddled with bullets. Oh, so not only is he shot, they got to ask him a bunch of hard questions. So. Within days, police were able to determine that Perino wasn't a real person, that it was actually Tommaso Petto, which is weird because you figure usually they just get John Doe, but I don't know. Yeah, I am kind of interested how they figured out his identity switch. He probably had old pawn tickets in his old name at his apartment <laughs> after he died. They found him. He walked around with a letter that said, I'm actually the ox Petto. <laughs> he, he had a barrel at home that he carved. The ox was here. It was speculated that the murderer was Giuseppe De Primo, who was a grocer from New York, who also was in on the, the side extortion business. No, I like it better if he wasn't a mobster at all. He was just a rival grocer. <laughs> you asked for this the second you threw them oats on the shelves, Buster. So Giuseppe De Primo was Madonia's brother-in-law. Oh, all right. Damn. So he was never, nobody was ever convicted. So the murderer was never found. But when it came out that when Madonia's body was found and Pedro was convicted of it, Giuseppe was in, in jail on some other shit. And then as soon as he got out, that's when all of a sudden the ox came up dead. That's why I ran to Scranton. Right. It wasn't because of the jail time. It was because Giuseppe the grocer was coming for that ass. <laughs> so wait, the, the ox guy was that, scared of the grocer and shit. That's wild. The guy that killed him was also banging his sister. No, the guy, oh, the that, guy he, that the ox killed. Yeah, the guy oh, that he put okay. in a barrel. Oh, right. It was his brother-in-law. All right, I got you. Ultimately, nobody never knew. Giuseppe De Primo got to go back all about his life, and the ox was just dead and scrammed. <laughs> So the winner of this story is Giuseppe De Primo. <laughs> the New York grocer turns out Mob Deep is wrong. There is a such thing as halfway crooks. And if you cross one, he might just follow your ass to fucking Scranton. Right. But I, I do like the fact that him turning back into doing the black hand had nothing to do with the end of his story. Because homeboy, even if he would have stayed straight, homeboy would still come to kill him either way. So he might he might have just went on to become like Luciano Perino, Scranton crime boss and shit. If it wasn't for this one 
pissed off grocer that really dug his brother-in-law. Is Perino, I wonder if Perino, because isn't there a food company around here called Perino or something? Yeah, it's spelled different, though. Oh, it is? Okay, because I wonder if Perino's like a really popular Italian name. Or- this, one, this one is P-A-R-R-I-N-O. Okay, that, all right. That one is P-E-R-I. See, I'm so dumb. I was like, you're thinking of Perina? That's dog food? <laughs> no, it's, I think they, they used to have a building in Lincoln Park, too. But yeah, anyways. I think they still do, right? All right. And they're probably definitely not tied to the mob whatsoever, I would bet. <laughs> Absolutely. So you guys haven't seen a picture yet. And all you really, really know, I've heard him described as handsome. I have a picture that doesn't necessarily reflect that. But uh, he's uh, 5'7", 220. I don't know. You guys want to take a gander at someone that could play the... Take a gander. I don't know what the fuck. I'm just talking like I'm our grandma. I'm just thinking shit. about the... Uh... The big fat mobster guy off Sopranos that got busted blowing the construction dude. A veto. Yeah. Oh, that's like a Joe Veniskelka. What is his name? He was played by Joseph R. Ganaskolki. Skolki? Yeah, Ganaskolki. Uh, what about you, Tank? You got a guess? I mean, I don't know why I always want to go with comedians. But when you say five seven and two twenty five, I mean it puts me into kind of a box. You know what I mean? Jack Black for some reason come to mind. Kevin James. But I mean that's just fucking around joking. I mean seriously, I can think of a couple faces, but I'm terrible at remembering actors' names. So I'm just wasting my breath, really. So I guess we'll just we'll just go with Jack Black. Fuck it, let's do Jack Black. I like Jack Black. So here's the picture I got. Of the ox. He, he looks like the smallest guy in this picture. So this and is him right here. Mr. He's the, the front guy? Yeah, this okay. guy in the middle with the different colored hat. Ironically, the guy in the white hat. He, uh, Jordan Peele, I think. I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. I was thinking like Eric Andre. Like he yeah. looks like a chubbier Eric Andre. You're right, chubby Eric Andre kind of look, but just because he's got his, his chin down in the picture, I'm if he had a, if he was doing like the chin up selfie shit, I'm sure he wouldn't look so chubby right now. But yeah, I definitely, I mean, we talked about camera work. I don't know how scales worked way super back in the day, but if that dude's 5'7, 220, he wears it well because he does not look that fat. Yeah, you're uh, right. I'm, I'm like 5'9. And I'm 185, and I feel like a fat fuck. This motherfucker's two inches shorter than me and, like, 30 pounds more. That's crazy. Well, because I assumed at first it would be this guy in the back here. Yeah, something. Oh, okay. And I could have believed that. But, I mean, I guess you never know. Nah, he's the most Sicilian-looking motherfucker there in that picture, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, he maybe, definitely Maybe is. the guy in the back. <laughs> maybe the guy in the back. He's no, he definitely looks He looks very Sicilian. I agree with that. I'm saying from a size standpoint, when I right. first looked at the picture, that just looked like a big-headed motherfucker. But, you know, that shit's also relative. Like, he could have been that size when he was 12, and they started calling the ox and the name stuck. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And he just started eating sensibly. No. Right. And in the meantime, he's really just like a five, seven, like he's a regular dude. He's like five, seven, 200 pounds. So he's a big dude, but he's in history. We'll have it, you know, like Paul Bunyan. It. <laughs> You're saying is he's a blue ox. All right. I know we had very little information. Uh, you guys want to try and DEFCON this thing? Uh, 
I mean, as much as we got, I would go with a three because he seemed like a very plain sort of mobster guy, just was did what he did, grew up around it. But I would say like something like four or five because he didn't have a big career or anything. But there is something about him getting out of jail on a freebie, moving out of town. Like he was out. He was fucking out. And he still decided, you know what? I kind of want to still be in this. So like he had a little like true gangsterism in him. But yeah, I just go with the three. Fuck, man. I can't remember a guy's name that killed him already. God damn it. Giuseppe. Right, yeah. just a so, primo. I gotta give him a four. I mean, I and I hear what you're saying, Dan, but I'm going with a four because he's got that one. He was an enforcer for a minute, and I know we're talking about the early 1900s, so we probably didn't hear about every single crime and thing that he was involved in. On, but he's only got. We only heard about the one murder, right? Like he, he killed that dude, like mm-hmm. the guy that Giuseppe avenged. So I, I was going with a four only because he ran from him. Not really ran from, well, I guess now that we heard the whole story, it seems like he ran from him and for a minute was like, fuck it, I'm trying to go legit. And then once he got back into it, maybe that's how Giuseppe found out where he was at. You know, I don't know. But anyways, I just uh, have to give him a four and mostly just because I don't know about his whole body of work. But I mean, it's borderline three, but I'm sticking with a four. Yeah, well, technically, we don't know that he killed anybody. We know that he had this guy's fucking pawn ticket. You know, I mean, we also know yeah. 1900s could be anything. Could be crooked cops. Could have did it. He could have put 20,000 people in a barrel. It's tough to say, really, which I think makes me say I'm going to go with a three just because we don't really know. It's just being the crimes he was accused of in the time frame and with those people, you know, the Morellos, the barrels. You know, yeah. you're convicted. We know that's a thing, you know, so you're definitely in on some dirty shit. But he also seemed kind of like a part time gangster. I mean, early on, he was a fucking uh, suppressor. Like he always had a day job. He went from a suppressor to a fucking butcher. So, yeah, I think uh, he was just a fucking working man with the dark side. I was like, well, I can get paid to fucking rough people up a little bit. And I dig that. Two birds with one stone. Or. It was the opposite. He was really into it, and he just didn't get caught. All right, so we'll call that a DEFCON 3. Zach, this is Crystal Palace. Sink Norad has declared DEFCON 3. Scramble all alert aircraft. I repeat, scramble all alert aircraft. All right, well, this uh, should be the last of any mini episodes, and we'll be coming out with uh, full-time content anytime Coming soon to a podcast feed near you. Oh, yeah. We keep it vague. Sometime, anytime, perhaps coming you know, your way. Under day, promise, maybe. over deliver. <laughs> All right. This is Say Hello to the Bad Guy. Thanks for coming and thanks for listening. To the bad guy, the good guy coming last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy.
down bad. My mama had to be dead. Spent my birthdays in the trap. We had to work with what we had. She been working on a raise while trying to raise me like a man. Plus my daddy in the box and all my cousins in the camera. And I don't need a hundred friends. I just want a hundred bands, a hundred jugs, a hundred scams. Hey, hey. So I don't money grab the hundred hams. I don't money grabbed a bunch of And bands. I ain't wanna fall victim to that system or the pistols. Fuck a judge with a grudge. I'm blowing crud for my mental life. Ay. And I still keep it on me. Run into your big homie. First you meet your dead homie. Ay. Yeah. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Last place. Last. Smell that dope when I pass by. Pass by. I like my money at a fast pace. And her ass fake And she in love with the bad guy But bad bitches never act right She act up into that bag fly I did a turn around at one night Say hello to the bad guy The good guy come in last place Smell that dope when I pass by I 